The Arabs were the first Muslims to invade India, but their conquests in India were confined to Sindh and Multan. It was left to the Turks to complete the work begun by the Arabs. The Turks, however, did not invade solely with the object of spreading Islam in India. They wanted to loot India as well. The Ghaznavids Samanid dynasty was one of the Persian families that had risen to power with the breakup of the Islamic empire in the Middle East. From Bukhara, their capital in Central Asia, the Samanids controlled the surrounding land of Transoxiana, western Afghanistan and Khorasan in Iran. The Samanids employed as warrior slaves a Turkish tribe called the Ghaznavids. Rising to power through merit, Turkish governors came to rule all the outlying provinces of the Samanid Empire. Alptagin and Sabuktagin, the first rulers of Ghazni in Afghanistan, were the first Turks to invade India. But it was Mahmud who raided India as many as 17 times. Alptagin he was originally a slave and by dint of his ability and hard work, he rose to the position of the governor of Khorasan. By 962 AD, he became an independent ruler of both Khorasan and Ghazni. Sabuktagin Alptagin was succeeded by his slave and son-in-law Sabuktagin in 977. He was a military leader eager for conquests. The neighboring Hindu Shahi kingdom, which separated India from the territories, became his target. The Hindu Shahi king Jaipal ruled over a large kingdom in the northwest of India, extending over the Punjab and the frontier region. Twice, he was defeated by Sabuktagin and the frontier region came under Turkish rule. Sultan Mahmud of Ghazni Sabuktagin was succeeded by his son Mahmud, known in Indian history as Sultan Mahmud of Ghazni. He was declared as an independent sovereign from the Caliph of Baghdad. This increased his prestige in the Muslim world. He plundered India about 17 times. His aim was not to conquer or occupy India as it was not possible for him to control the Indian territories from Ghazni but to carry away its enormous wealth. He only annexed Multan and Punjab for the safety of his empire. Mahmud, the idol breaker. The whole country of India is full of gold and jewels and of the plants which grow there as those fit for making clothes and aromatic plants and sugarcane and the whole aspect of the country is pleasant and delightful. Now, since the inhabitants are chiefly infidels and idolaters by the order of God and his prophet, it is right for us to conquer them. Thus, according to contemporary historians, did Mahmud decide the fate of northern India between the year 1001 and his death in 1030. He turned his words into lethal action, making as many as 17 raids into the country. Expeditions of Mahmud of Ghazni 1001 AD He defeated Jaipal, king of Punjab and captured Peshawar. 1006 AD He conquered Multan from the Muslim ruler Abdul Fatah Daud. 1008 AD He defeated Anandpal, the ruler of Punjab and annexed Punjab. 1009 AD 
he captured the fort of nagarkot or kangra and plundered the temples 1018 ad in his 12th expedition he defeated the rulers of mathura and kannauj he ransacked the two cities and destroyed all the beautiful temples 1025 ad his famous attack on the celebrated hindu temple of somnath situated in the south of kathiawar the saga of somnath gathering his army supplemented by 30000 greedy volunteers from central asia mahmud set out from ghazni on october 17 1024 with the aid of 30000 camels he crossed the thar desert to arrive at the gates of somnath in january of 1025 the somnath temple was located in the fort of a local ruler The king's army supported by brahmins and worshippers mounted a defense the fighting raged for 3 days when the battle was over almost the entire defense force of 50000 lay dead and mahmud stood victorious before the shattered jewel crusted idol of shiva mahmud's booty from the single invasion amounted to 20 million dinars amounting to 1300 kg of gold Besides this he took back precious stones and works of art as one historian wrote so much booty prisoners and wealth that the fingers of those who counted them would have been tired of the idol itself two pieces were incorporated in the steps of a mosque and the rest sent to makkah to be trodden underfoot as the part of the pavement in contrast to his harsh treatment of northern indian culture where his destruction and looting of hindu temples earned him the name idol breaker mahmud was a fervent patron of art and learning in the grand persian style he transformed ghazni from a collection of mud brick dwellings into a glittering showcase of persian culture as mahmud drained the indian countryside of its wealth ghazni prospered markets bridges dams and mosques were built his court attracted leading poets and writers from all over the muslim world among them were the persian poet firdausi and the historian mathematician and astrologer al-biruni even though mahmud justified his looting as ordered by his god and prophet mahmud was not a crusader of his faith for no religion preaches greed and plunder to mahmud ghazni india was simply a vast treasure store whose guardians happened to be a hindu in fact he even incorporated hindus into his army and reserved a special quarter for them in ghazni gor was a small province that lay in the hills between ghazni and herat in western afghanistan The Ghoris were of Persian origin and ruled over these principalities as feudatories of Mahmud Ghaznavi. The struggle between the Ghoris and the Ghazni rulers continued for about quarter of a century. At last, Ghayasuddin and Muizuddin Muhammad, nephews of Alauddin, were able to assert their independence. They seized the throne of Ghazni in 1173 AD. While Ghayasuddin defeated the realm of the north and west against Turkish threat, Muizuddin swept into India. Between 1175 AD and 1196 AD, Mahmud Ghori conquered and annexed Multan, Sindh, Anhilwara, Peshawar, Lahore, Kannauj and Delhi. 
He also captured Gwalior but in exchange for a regular tribute he gave back its possession. The most historic battle was fought in 1191 between the armies of Mahmud Ghori and Prithviraj Chauhan met at the battlefield of Tarain. The Muslims were badly defeated and Mahmud Ghori badly wounded. In 1192 AD Mahmud Ghori defeated Prithviraj Chauhan at Tarain and 1194 AD he defeated and killed Jaychandra of Kannauj. Muizuddin was forced to return to Ghazni to subdue Shiite rebellion on his western border. He left behind his viceroy Qutbuddin Aybak. Aybak meaning moon-faced, a term used by Turks to denote fair skin and comeliness. He captured many fortresses including Hasi, Meerut, Delhi, Koil and Ajmer. While Qutbuddin was occupied in the north, another great Turkish soldier, Iktiaruddin carried Islamic rule to eastern India. In 1202 AD, Iktiaruddin Muhammad bin Bakhtiar Khilji invaded Bengal and made Lucknowti his capital. Earlier, he had captured Bihar and destroyed the Buddhist monasteries, among them Nalanda's fabled library. The sacking of Nalanda marked the end of Buddhism as a major Indian religion. Meanwhile, Muizuddin had succeeded his brother and was engaged in a constant struggle to hold his new empire. On March 15, 1206 AD, he died on the banks of the river Indus, probably murdered by members of the Shiite faction whom he had persecuted 7 years ago. Following a quick succession of rulers, Qutbuddin declared himself sultan of all the Indian provinces. Fate of Ghazni. Mahmud of Ghazni died on April 30, 1030, probably of tuberculosis. None of Mahmud's successors matched his prowess as a leader and the Ghaznavid empire slowly began to disintegrate. In 1150, the Ghori leader Alauddin Hussain marched on Ghazni to avenge the death of his brother at Ghaznavid hands. Alauddin's revenge was severe. All male inhabitants of Ghazni were put to death. All women and children were taken into slavery. The tombs and palaces of all the Ghaznavid kings were torn from the ground and destroyed. The town was then put to flames. For 7 days the glittering palaces and mosques of Ghazni burnt until not a trace was left of Mahmud's great city. Alauddin entered history as Jahasoz, the world burner. Ghori's triumph at the second battle of Tarain. In 1192 AD, Muizuddin returned to Tarain in spirit of revenge. He came with a force consisting of 12,000 horsemen and mounted archers and employed Turkish tactics to rout the Rajputs. He ordered his men to avoid men-to-men fighting with sword or lance, at which the Rajputs excelled. Instead, his mounted archer harassed and tired the Rajput army by shooting arrows at them and pretending to flee. They were supplied with fresh arrows from the camp at the rear. Caught in the showers of Muslim arrows, the Indians found themselves as a complete loss, unable to employ men-to-men fighting and unable to pursue the horsemen without dangerously exposing themselves. 
Finally, judging the Indians to be too weak and tired, Muizuddin ordered his cavalry corps of professional slave warriors to charge. They swept the disorganized Indians from the field and killed Prithviraj. The way to Delhi was now open. If you want to know about any other topic, please leave it in the comment box so that I can come back with it. If you have liked the video, please like, share and subscribe. Thank you.